Hi there listeners. Welcome to episode 105 of Never on the Backfoot podcast. This is me Neha Shetty and I'm so glad to have you all listening in. This episode is assessing RCB's performance in this IPL 2022. On the podcast today we have Bharat Ramaraj. He is currently an editor and writer at Crickbuzz. He can be followed on Twitter at fancricket12. Without further ado, let's get started. Bharat, welcome to Never on the Backfoot podcast. Uh, absolutely thrilled to have you here, and uh, really looking forward to the discussion ahead. Oh, thank you, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> right. So before we get started, you know, with our topic, let's just have a discussion about you and you know your interest in cricket. So what was your childhood like, and if you could also talk about the early influences on you that shaped your life. Oh, my childhood day, see. Uh, I grew up in a colony uh, in Karnataka, in uh, North Interior Karnataka, in Raichur Shakti Nagar. Mm-hmm. So, there, yeah, there was a thermal plant. Uh, my father was working there as an engineer. Uh, so there were lots of kids. My sister's uh, friends also used to play cricket with me. So that is how I kind of got interested into playing cricket, I guess. So the first match, I guess from there it started and then I started watching cricket. So from uh, early 90s, I think 9192, 92, uh, there was an Eden Gardens ODI between India and South Africa. Uh, Alan Donald bowling from the high court and <coughs> he dismissed Ravi Shastri and uh, rattled uh, Sanjay Manjrekar's timber and then he had that battle with Sachin Tendulkar, uh, I think that kind of again captivated me. Uh, after that, obviously, India went on to tour Australia. There I ended up watching, uh, I guess, yeah, it was Patrick Patterson with those long strides, bowling fast. He was yeah another uh, kind of influence at that time. And then I became a fan of Vinod Kambli, uh, his, his flamboyant batting. And then obviously, Mark Pasiligans and uh, yeah, Raul Dravid as a kind of role model, uh, gentlemanly type uh, kind of guy. So, yeah, these are the kind of heroes that I had. Uh, even Wazim Akram and swing balling. So, mm-hmm. yeah, these are the kind of heroes I had uh, when I was growing up. Right. And uh, what were some of your uh, favorite matches too? These are matches you have watched live okay. in the stadium or yeah. you know, on the TV? See, yeah, that tri-series, as I mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. that West Indies, Australia, India tri-series just before the 92 World Cup. There was this Perth ODI, obviously, West Indies had all these great ballers. Marshall obviously was coming to the fag end of his career, but he was there. Patterson was there. Uh, Ambrose was there. Uh, I guess, I don't remember. Maybe it was Anderson Cummins. But India got only 126. Then, then I, yeah, I, I, I'd come over to home, my home, uh, during interval period, and then I had to again go back uh, for the afternoon session. So when I returned, I saw that West Indies were like, say, what, seven down, eight down, or whatever. And mm-hmm. then uh, Tendulkar bowled that uh, over uh, with West Indies on 126. And I think it was Cummins who edged it to Mohamed Azurdin, who posed that catch. And there was that uh, exciting tie. Uh, that was one, uh, that is the one I remember. And perhaps again, the Hero Cup, 93 Hero Cup. Mm-hmm. Again, India didn't get a big score, 200 or whatever, 190, 200. And I think it was Dave, Dave Richardson, perhaps Dave Richardson and Brian McLean who really were going off to the Indian ballers. And then again, it was back to Mr. Tendulkar to bowl the final over. I think Azirudin gave it to him. And 
Alindana could only get perhaps two runs or something. That's another one I remember. These are some of my early memories of that. Maybe, yeah, there, there are a few more games say 94 when you know Kamli smashed uh, Shane one for some 24 runs, 20 runs, whatever, five, six boundaries smashed in Sarja. It was a semi final game. Uh, this this were some of some of the early memories uh, I have. Uh, perhaps and maybe a test match or two as well in between. Uh, the 93 test series when England mm -hmm. came out to India and India won uh, 3-0. Uh, some memories from that time as well. And yeah, this another one I remember is uh, this Australia West Indies test series. Uh, 90, it was 92-93. Yeah, there was this Adelaide test match. Obviously, no no television coverage in India. So mm -hmm. my friend was four years elder to me. He used to tune radio, uh, into radio stations. Uh, I think it was ABC Radio, whatever. And uh, Australia lost by one run. Mike Dermott caught behind oh. of uh, Walsh. So yeah, these this are some of the early memories I have. <laughs> wow, that's pretty vivid and uh, fascinating too. And I get the impression that, you know, you obviously are a... <laughs> yeah, as I said, my, my friends got me into cricket. Uh, my mm -hmm. sister also had a lot of uh, friends. So they used to come to my home. So they used to play a lot of cricket. So that is how I got interested in cricket. Right. And how did you, you know, choose the uh, profession of journalism? Like, how did it happen? You felt it was the most natural thing to do, considering your inclination towards cricket? Uh, so you want to <laughs> listen to this long story? <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, see, I am not into journalism, as you know. I, I am in, uh, uh, I did post-graduation in, uh, in the Masters of Business Administration. So that is that is my qualification. So mm -hmm. journalism was never in my mind. So you see, in 2009, I passed out MBA. Then I wasn't this career-oriented kind of guy. I was more like a happy-go-lucky guy. So. I did my MBA, I kind of relaxed, thought I will take some months off. So two months became four months, six months, seven, eight months. Then uh, my parents obviously naturally, they got worried. What is this guy doing? So then for the sake of it, uh, I took some recruitment uh, job. So the HR field, though my specialization was in marketing. And then I spent one year there. Uh, I didn't feel uh, any good about my job because it was a recruitment uh, company and uh, that's just too mundane, mundane for me. So then I quit that job, but at that time uh, I wanted to get back into marketing, but no one was giving me an opportunity because obviously I didn't have the experience uh, in that field. So that is when I started writing blogs just for just as a hobby, some cricket blogs I started to write. Then I started to write a little bit for cricket country and sports kida. Uh, that is how that is how it kind of began as a hobby. Then I got a job uh, in Dubai, some Dubai-based company uh, as an assistant to a business development manager. And then Cricket Country's chief editor, uh, the then chief, chief editor, uh, Hariharan Netrajan, offered me a job in Mumbai. So obviously, I was getting more salary in Dubai uh, if, if I had gone, gone over there. But I think the lure of uh, working in a cricket company as a journalist kind of took over and that is how it started in 2000, uh, 2013, 2013 October uh, mm. and obviously in 2014, in the 10-11 months I joined Cricos. Oh, okay. And how would you, you know, rate your career here at Cricbuzz and what does a typical work day look like for you? So Cricbuzz, yeah. First of all, any company, uh, any with any company, if you spend over seven years or seven and a half years, you would have your share of ups and downs. It could sometimes it would feel like a game of snake and ladder. Obviously, sometimes it's going up, sometimes it's coming down. 
So yeah, the Crick burst, uh, it has been good. Uh, yes, there have been a few times when I felt like I was on a downhill path, but currently I think I'm going through a good phase where I'm writing uh, quite a few features and covering matches as well. See, the Crick burst, the best thing about Crick burst is as uh, work environment is really good. So uh, even though I work in a sort of uh, field, digital field where there is a lot of pressure, but uh, due to the good, good work environment, you don't really feel that way. Uh, typical work day at Crickbus, last couple of years, we have been sort of working uh, virtually because of COVID. So how, how it looks, as an editor, I could be editing uh, pieces, uh, news pieces from correspondents, far away correspondents. Uh, could be in Mumbai, someone in, someone in Australia or Bangladesh, uh, Dhaka, Bangladesh. Or if there's a match going on, I could be assigned to write a report. Uh, or for the matter, I could be assigned to write a preview if there's a match uh, going to happen tomorrow. Uh, or it, I, the breaking news could come and I could end up writing that or I could be editing my colleagues' news piece. So yeah, these sort of things. Uh, live blogs as well, sometimes we mm. do it. Yes, occasionally if there is no time, end up writing the feature though, most of the times we tend to write the feature uh, outside of shift hours. So yeah, more, these sort of things uh, happen during day-to-day uh, -day, uh, work life. Because obviously during that time of IPL or the T20 World Cup, it's, the news flow is a lot more hectic from mm. correspondents or, or for the matter, uh, the kind of routine news that you get. So yeah, that's how it looks like. Right. And uh, now let's talk about our major topic where we objectively look at RCB's performance. Now, this was probably another season uh, full of hope or I don't know, maybe you can also call it another season of disappointment. But RCB did make it to the playoffs uh, for three seasons in a row now. But in 2022, this season, uh, we just you know couldn't cross that eliminator hurdle. So what exactly do you think went wrong for RCB? So as I said, RCB had a solid season, uh, good season. See, what went wrong, uh, I, I don't think you can pinpoint one particular reason. Obviously, a few key players didn't do well. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think I need to mention that. Uh, as you know, Virat Kohli didn't have the best of times. If you look at his strike rate and average, perhaps you have to go back to 2012 season or maybe even 2009 season, uh, one of those two seasons where his average or strike rate was uh, lesser. Uh, so he didn't have the best of times. A couple of 50s obviously, and there that one really good knock uh, against Gujarat Titans. And then you had this Mohamed Siraj. His economy rate perhaps uh, in the power play was around 10 and the end overs was 13.27 or whatever. So again, RCB struggled. Uh, it, it was a kind of manifestation in relation to how RCB struggled in the power play overs with the ball, where they averaged about 42 with the ball. And again, economy rate was very high, around 8.5, 8.6. I think they were the worst in the mm. bowling power play. So, so yeah, kind of things like that, it went wrong. Uh, again, uh, the key players, as I said, key players didn't perform. The power play bowling wasn't that good. Uh, initially, the top order, again, sort of a shaky, though you can pinpoint the fact that the pitches this year in Mumbai kind of seemed around and the white kookaburra seemed to swing a little more than usual. So the opens didn't have the best of times, even though afterwards they found 
Rajat Pati, Patidar clicking and mm -hmm. uh, obviously Fab Duplessis also was steady. So I'm not too sure you can pinpoint ex one exact reason. One more thing you can say is RCB seemed to get into a pattern where they would win a few games, lose a couple, win a few games, mm -hmm. lose a couple. So, so basically, if you look at these long leagues, uh, long league phases and all, tournaments and all, you want to maintain the momentum. Look at Gujarat Titans. Only little bit, lost a little bit of momentum somewhere in the middle where they looked to bat first and lost a couple of games, I think. Mm -hmm. But they recovered very quickly. So in this sort of tournaments, I think... Uh, you have to really maintain a momentum because if you lose momentum, that kind of confidence, uh, that kind of self-belief that you have goes away. And uh, you saw even with Sunrisers Hyderabad, uh, mm -hmm. they won five in a row and then they lost five, six, something like that. And it was over for them. RCB didn't go through that kind of uh, phase like SRS, but again, their pattern was something like they won, won some games, lost a few, won some games, lost a few. It seemed like a kind of pattern with them. Right. Although you did outline a bunch of areas that RCB uh, kind of faltered on, if you could just briefly also bring out the highs and lows of the season, what would that look like for you? Like the highlights, really. Hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see. Yeah, obviously, first thing you remember is Rajat Patidar's mark hmm. against Lucknow LSG. Uh, he played against hard length really well, uh, played off the back foot, uh, punched, cut. That's something that you don't really see. With Indian domestic batters, because obviously in Indian domestic cricket, you don't get so many of this hit the deck fast bowlers. So, and the way they uh, won that match, uh, that that is that is something that has to be at the top of it. And obviously, in that present game against uh, uh, Gujarat Titans as well, uh, they, they, they really played well. Uh, Virat Kohli, that's one knock when Virat Kohli looked like the Virat Kohli of old. Mm -hmm. uh, because his intent from ball one uh, was something else. He took a single and he was looking for a double right away. So that that gave an indicator that he was going to play super late knock. So that has to be another of those uh, highlights really. And uh, yeah, obviously, if you look at individual performances, uh, Hasaranga's hat-trick, obviously, he had really... Uh, good IPL with this uh, scrambles in varieties. So, mm -hmm. yeah, this was some of the highlights, really, that again flashes in my mind quickly. Uh, that could be a lot more, a few more. <laughs> okay. Right, fair enough. And uh, even if you observe RCB's auction strategy, we got in Banindu Hasaranga for 10.75 crores. And this was like the, you know, RCB's bank breaker at the IPL. And uh, the Sri Lankan didn't disappoint. He had a good uh, outing. You know, he scalped 26 wickets in 16 matches. So how impressed were you with his performance? And going ahead, he will still be in RCB's scheme of things, right? Yeah, so yeah before... He came came into the auction or, or before RCB uh, bid it for uh, went for that uh, bidding. Uh, mm -hmm. One could see Hasaranga was going to do uh, well in T20 cricket uh, because obviously Paul stump to stump as as I talked to his coach as well uh, in Sri Lanka, Lakmal De Silva, and he has, as he noted that he bowled the leg break as well as the googly with uh, the scrambles in varieties. So. So basically, the batters uh, didn't wouldn't find it easy uh, mm. when when he bowled scrambles in both the googly and the leg break, and the pace at which he bowled stump to stump line, good control. I think he seems to have good composure as well, uh, and he bowled better than uh, last IPL as well, if you notice. 
Yeah, we see someone as you notice uh, among the 47 or 48 wickets that uh, I think RCB took in the middle phase. Perhaps they were number one in the middle phase uh, of the innings. Hasaranga took, I think, 19 of them, 19 or 20 of them. There's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of wickets. So, yeah, he, he will more than money's worth. He was, and RCB will definitely look at him even in the uh, following years as, as their linchpin. I, even if you say, see, the thing with the boys like, say, Rashid Khan and As Asaranga and all, even if you pick them, it's not that easy because mm. uh, because in T20 cricket, you have to go after them and the pace it which they bowl, uh, it's not that easy to club them or uh, punk them. Right. And uh, in one of your earlier answers, you also brought this point of how RCB always has this good start to the season, but somewhere they just taper off and they just can't make the most of it. So, uh, you know, even this time around, they had that good start, but they just couldn't quite capitalize and make the most of it. And, you know, their road to the playoffs just ended up relying on external variables, like, you know, having another team win for them so that they could go ahead. So, like, even this time around, if you had to, like, assess the second half of the tournament, what do you think went wrong? Like, anything coming to your mind right now? Yeah, as I said, there are similar things, as I said, I've already outlined, right? Mohamed mm -hmm. uh, Sirat's form, or for the matter, uh, Virat Kohli not really clicking, the key players not really clicking as much as uh, RCB wanted them to. Uh, These sort of things, again, the, uh, even in the power play bowling, uh, yeah, these sort of small things, when, whenever they really wanted to. Uh, one, one of the things, obviously, they kind of improved was... Uh, Death was bowling something that has been a bane for RCB or a bugbear, bugbear for RCB for so many years, other than the 2017 when their sub bear systems uh, came through. And because of that, the pitch had to be dug up and uh, Chinasami, the, the death was bowling was better. But other than that, uh, the death was bowling was not good. This year, it is slightly better. But yeah, so similar things that, uh, as I said, already outlined, mm -hmm. outlined like power plays bowling, power, bowling the power play, mm -hmm. Sirat's form, Kohli's form, a key plays didn't really perform as well as they wanted to, wanted to. Right, so although RCB did fall into these old patterns, this time around we roped in Faf to Plessy as the skipper and it meant, you know, RCB would be looking to do things differently. Now, here in Faf, you have a more astute and a strategic leader of sorts. And uh, how would you rate Faf the skipper? Like, were you impressed with his first outing with RCB? Yeah, Faf to Plessy comes across as, uh, say, as an outsider, even though I've attended his presses and all. It's not so not that easy to tell as an outsider about uh, captain's tactical nose and all. But mm -hmm. what I can say is he comes across as a strong captain, as someone who seems to have that presence. So that that is something uh, that you obviously see with uh, good captains. Even if you look at uh, Hardik Pandya of uh, GT, he always seemed to have that presence. So have to plus he also had that present uh, presence. Obviously, these days you know. So you might know a lot of things uh, are worked out, uh, especially in T20 tournaments are worked out before and uh, with his matchups and all. So how much of uh, tactical inputs he had, uh, I'm not uh, very sure. Uh, because even if, you, even if you look at, say, that uh, qualifier to game, uh, he could have, uh, I'm, I'm not, again, criticizing the man because he's a strong captain, but it felt as if he could have brought Josh Hazelwood 
uh, or he could have given Josh Hasselwood a couple uh, couple more overs up front, but he went as per, I think the set plan. So not very sure how much of tactical inputs he had uh, because mm. a lot of things are done beforehand itself. But yeah, he's a strong captain uh, and someone who seems to have that presence. Right. And uh, what were your favorite games from the season uh, for RCB? Like any games that really stood out to you and you like really enjoyed watching? Yeah, as, as I said, the one the one that really came to my mind was uh, Lucknow Super Jane's, uh, was the RCB game. In that, uh, that that was the game that was a, obviously an eliminated game, very important game for them. And the way Rajat Patidar uh, took on LSG's Rikhtarek Pacepin, some, something that I really remember. And Harshil Patel, obviously, bowling that spell right at the end when, when he bowled those cutters and into the pitch. And uh, KL Rahul and Stoinis couldn't get really going. So that, that, is, that, is, that is something that, uh, that uh, flashes in my mind straight away. And yeah, they, they had a couple, obviously a couple of clinical performances as well. Uh, one of them, I think, was like a Chennai Super Kings. Yeah, Chennai Super Kings versus RCB. This was the game where I believe Chennai Super Kings, uh, typical quintessential uh, MS Dhoni, tried to choke RCB with spin, but <laughs> RCB came through that and uh, won that match. Uh, so it's something that has happened to them before. That's why it took up this game because RCCSK already choked, always mm-hmm. choked, kind of choked RCB with spin. But this time they came through. Right. And, you know, having watched RCB this entire season, who, according to you, was, you know, the most valuable player for RCB? And who, according to you, was even the find of the season? Now, you can feel free to talk about any domestic players who impressed you massively or probably, you know, the regulate, the usual names. Yeah, already taken up Hasaranga's name. So yeah. perhaps I would repeat it here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he would be one of them. That, but Harshil Patil is like the banker. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, he took some 10 wickets in the middle phase, 10 wickets in the slog, was 10, 11 wickets, and his economy rate was under 9, 8.91 or 8.92. I don't remember correctly, but uh, that kind of economy rate, I think, is the was the reason why uh, RCB's overall economy rate, in the death hours, I'm saying, uh, I was talking about death overs was uh, slightly better. Uh, so Harshil Patel definitely was like a banker for them in both the middle phase and uh, and the uh, end overs. And then you had obviously Joe Hazelwood. Yeah, uh, he, uh, he had a kind of slightly. I agree, he had a kind of slightly curious season in the sense that uh, if I'm not mistaken, his first inning stats were not. I think were not good. Yeah, his economy rate was something like 13 or something, but. Uh, seconding stats were much better uh, but again he hit the deck hard big fellow uh, 6 feet 5 and 6 feet 6 inch so he bowls this heavy ball as Andre Adams told me and uh, economical action and run up uh, and he bowls this wide up seems, he seems to have that action where he can uh, kind of adjust to a batter's uh, moments because mm-hmm. he doesn't have that fast arm action so yeah, this kind of players. But again, if you want to have a stand, like Dinesh Karthik, obviously, <laughs> I had to take up his name as well, right? Engineered a lot of uh, success for uh, RCB. But if I take up one name, then I think I have to go back to Asaranga only because he was the one who was like the, uh, can you say, figurehead of the bowling line. 
Fair enough. And uh, even when you observe RCB structure, right, there's always this dependence on a single player. And in a team sport, it is uh, rather short-lived. It's not very conducive. And RCB's success has largely, you know, been reliant on Virat Kohli. Previously, it was ABWs, Chris Gayle and all that. So even this time around, because we didn't have the major players chipping in, as you rightly pointed out with Siraj not playing, Kohli out of form, Faf and Maxi also not finding their rhythm, uh, maybe the team structure became very uneven because of that. So what are your thoughts on the same and anything that RCB can do better going ahead to solve this crisis? It was, it was kind of, I think it was kind of a mixed bag, right? Uh, yeah. In that sense, it was a kind of mixed bag uh, because some players performed. Uh, Faf to plus yet, again, it's like, it was like a top run getter for them, but starts were kind of slow though. Obviously, again, you can pinpoint the pitches were not uh, easy to bat on. Uh, Maxwell, again, it was a kind of mixed bag. You did okay uh, with the ball in hand, if you remember correctly. As a power play baller, he, he was sort of useful for them. Mm-hmm. And the strike rate was good, but again, it didn't make uh, those, what can you say, game-breaking uh, performances with the bat, uh, kind of average 26 or 27 with the bat. So, yeah, it was kind of mixed back. Uh, some players performed, some players didn't. Uh, yeah, that's, that is something, in a way, kind of, uh, I guess, mirror image of some of uh, RCB's previous seasons. So mm-hmm. What can they do if you... In future, again, yeah, they could, yeah, obviously the options they can look at, uh, that's one of them, but it again comes down to the coaching setup. The best best thing that the coaching setup can do is perhaps take, take all the pressure off the players and uh, hope that, uh, that without that kind of uh, pressure cooker or pressure, pressure-like situations, uh, they would perform better. Yes, exactly. And uh, even though we didn't have a crucial players, uh, you know, playing that well, RCB did have Dinesh Karthik, who played really well. Now, he finished the season with, uh, you know, 330 runs, uh, scoring at an average of 55. His strike rate was 183.3. So, what are your thoughts on uh, his role? Like, you know, was he trying to make a statement? You know, he had a very, uh, very weird season with KKR the last time around. So, coming here, you know, staking a claim in the Indian team. So, how did you like his performance? He's someone who really amazes me because, because as he gets, gets older, you wonder whether oh this this would be that season where his career would like come not if not come to an end. It feels like he's on the edge of a cliff or something like that. But he keeps he seems like a cricketer who even though he looks quite an amazing uh, going by the way a couple of interviews are taken of him. He presses have done. He seems to be quiet and amazing, but he seems to be someone who has a lot of steel, who seems to be always someone who wants to prove a point. So, yeah, this is always a very good player of baseballing. Uh, that's something that everyone knows. Uh, someone who can take on hard land. He, can, he has time on his hands, as, as experts would say. That is, he has that extra time on his hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's something that he can show. Obviously, many captains, uh, some captains at least, try to keep spinners over uh, right at the end. Uh, occasionally, that in, uh, that exactly, that that, that sort of uh, went against Karthik, but again, he was really good against fast bowling and uh, engineered enough, to, as they say in English, engineered a few jail breaks as well. So, yeah. something that, yeah, he really uh, did well. Uh, and again, uh, alongside, especially early in the tournament, he and Shabazz Ahmad, yeah, they were really good. 
Right, exactly. And talking about success stories, we can't not talk about Rajat Patigar and uh, Shabazz Ahmed. Now, uh, DK's good, uh, you know, form kind of rubbed off on these two as well. And we also had in RCB's uh, setup, we had Anuj Rawat, Suryash Prabhu Desai, and Mahipal Lomrod. Now, do you think this is the strong Indian core that is, you know, building up well and something that RCB has always wanted going ahead? Yeah, as you know, with Patidar, someone who's went unsold, so it just uh, it just so happened he came as a replacement player. So yeah, maybe perhaps in that sense, RCB. Where it, I I shouldn't look at it that way. Obviously, the other player was injured, uh, but it's sort of tad lucky. Uh, Anuj Rawat, yeah, this, this is an interesting case. I think he's a good player of spin bowling here in long run. Even if you go back to perhaps 2013 or 14 during Vijay Merchant trophies and all, Lomrar was known, even at the time, known as a spin eater. Uh, don't know how, how they played in space bowling, so, but yeah, they're good spin eaters. And then uh, it's, it's something that they, they can develop. Uh, basically, Shabazz Ahmad also is around and someone's a utility cricketer. Uh, so RCB seem to be developing this info group. But again, Anuj Rawat uh, didn't exactly come good for them this season. So they have to keep giving him chances, perhaps, and hope that, yes, uh, if they give him a run in the side, that then he will turn his fortunes around. Absolutely. And even when we, you know, uh, draw attention to RCB's bowling attack, now barring Siraj, the rest of the bowling unit was probably uh, Bangalore's biggest strength. Now, uh, Hazelwood and Harshal Patel, they, uh, you know, delivered as seamers. Hasaranga and Maxwell uh, were the good few spinners, you know, helped in the power play time and, you know, picked up quick wickets as well. Now, although there's, this, you know, statistics can be very tricky because there's this one stat that says RCB's uh, bowling attack gave away the most sixes. But at the same time, this bowling attack has picked up, uh, you know, 90 wickets uh, collectively for the second time in a row and 92 in IPL 2021. So this obviously does show, right, that there is depth and quality, but it's just about finding yeah. the right lens and everything. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, as I said, I, I broke it down to phases. So not mm -hmm. too sure 137 sixes uh, encapsulate the point well. So you have yeah. to, I think, break it down to phases like power play, middle phase, death overs. The problem for RCB is already noted a couple of times, I think in the power play bowling, uh, again, unfortunately, uh, not uh, criticizing the man, but Siraj didn't have the best of times there. So even Nendoz didn't have the best of times. But yeah, as I've already noted, uh, strengths and uh, strengths of Hazelwood, uh, Harshil Patil, or Asaranga, Googlist, the uh, scrambles in varieties of uh, Asaranga. And when you come to Harshil Patil, he uses his cutters. And we saw even in that game against, uh, I think it was that qualified to game. Yeah, it was that qualified to game when Joe Butler was going, uh, was smashing the opposition to Smithereens. Harshil uh, Patil hit the deck hard and uh, bowled around 140 km per hour. So that tells you he's someone who's becoming more of an all-round bowler. So it's not just about cutters and that the slower ball with that dip. So yeah, they, they have some, some good options. Hazelwood uh, is someone who's improved over a period of time. If you look at his records in January 2021, it's really good. Uh, even if you go outside the IPL, look at that super over about against Sri Lanka in the second T20I. Mm -hmm. This year, he, he seemed to be, uh, seemed to be, again, seeing the 
trigger moments of the batsman and adjusting really well like uh, that that's something it seems to have so yeah there 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 are enough options there and obviously if, if they get it a pitch with uh, that turns a bit then obviously shabaz amats uh, left arm spin also mm-hmm. could come into the equation right and uh, just two more questions before we wrap up the episode when we look at rcb's uh, auction strategy right it's been questionable they usually just uh, build on <laughs> some you know, certain players based on brand name and you know they also invest in exciting names but they often do not give them chances so case in point karim sharma this time siddharth kaul finn allen to name a few so if rcb had to do something differently at the auctions next time around and this time around they even had someone from you know analysts from crick wiz as well mm-hmm. but uh, the the smart buys were still not many to see so what according to you is something that rcb can perhaps do differently at the auction table yeah for that i guess uh, first of all it depends on scouting i guess uh, good scouting uh, that that could really help their auction strategy uh, i don't know i'm not trying to say that scouting strategy is uh, bad and all uh, for an outsider I shouldn't say that right, right that that could that could really help say, for example you look at uh, kuldeep sain uh, i think it was sanju samson or someone who from what i know he was the one who told the rajasthan royals management that there is one hit the deck fastball i'm not saying he went and uh, touched some uh, great zones but but again he did a decent job kuldeep mm-hmm. singh these sort of cricketers uh, that perhaps are not really well known uh, even i had not followed kuldeep singh that much but uh, sanju samson uh, saw it and uh, that that kind of scouting can re- really help there uh help their help their auction strategy because yeah you can have this analysts really good analysts but uh if if uh, this analysts or those uh, scouts if they go and see cricketer uh, then they can perhaps uh, gauge a cricketer's potential uh, right so that could help them uh, as i said i don't want to really criticize because mm-hmm. as a, as an outsider not right for me to talk about their scouting strategy right right for us we are just you know critically analyzing what can be done better and last but not the least are you do you think you know there are any takeaways or learnings that we can take from this season carried on to the next season and uh, something that can be done at the mini auction before the lucrative ipl 2023 starts yeah see the learnings if <laughs> we See RCB. What to say? See RCB. The thing with them is, uh, first of all, RCB don't have a trophy. As you know, they don't. The trophy cabinet is empty. So, so they need uh, somewhere to. They need to uh, break it. So, again, the for that they really need to believe. Uh, so, what they can do is, uh, and if if they win a couple of matches uh, in a league phase, they have to somehow find find a way where they can. carry forward that momentum uh, i think that really helped gujarat titans this time around mm-hmm. uh, i know obviously losses and uh, wins are part and parcel of the game but i think momentum definitely would help yeah, they, they would have obviously hope for a couple of their key players to come good next season uh, what can they do in uh, the mini auction yeah they, they can uh, perhaps look at uh, having one more top order option uh, Not too sure because uh, five to places 
heading on uh, with his age and uh, they have, obviously they have Patidar and they're just as a buffer. Uh, if someone is out of form like Kohli or something like that, someone like that, then they can have perhaps a buffer uh, as a top mm-hmm. order option. I don't know next season, next year, uh, how this, uh, where the venues will be, what kind of venues will be, but depending on the venues, perhaps they can look at another spin option. Uh, that's, that's something they can uh, look at just to be, just to as a buffer again. So this sort of couple of things they can look at. But again, the key for RCB is, I think for any, any, any team, I think in the IPL, uh, you have to maintain the momentum because as you know, the top two teams will get another chance. So you have to, you want to finish in top two in the league phase. And mm-hmm. for that, it is better carry forward that momentum. And that is something that RCB have to look at because uh, rarely, they, because they don't really get into top, top two. So they have mm-hmm. been getting into eliminator phase or something like that, even in the recent past. Like, that, that is something I think they really need to look at. Absolutely. And last but not the least, any uh, final thoughts or uh, message to the heartbroken RCB fans? Because for 15 years, <laughs> not winning anything can be disappointing. But any final thoughts before we wrap up the episode? What can I say? I, see, I, I, yes, I was that uh, first game uh, with Brendan McClum, uh, hammering or exploring nook and cranny, every nook and cranny of the ground in 2008 IPL. Mm-hmm. Since then, it's been like, yeah, this has been like a lot more, uh, a bit, what can you say, it's a lot more heartbreaks than uh, <laughs> ecstasy or uh, jubilation. Obviously, RCB yeah, had a chance in 2009 IPL and 2016 IPL. I'm not too sure they had a chance in 2011 IPL final, but again, it was about heartbreaks. So, yeah, just keep believing in your team. Uh, <laughs> try, try and try again, as I say, until, until you succeed. Uh, that's what perhaps RCB have to think of. Some, somewhere it will be uh, that jinx will be uh, broken. You never know. Exactly. Fingers crossed for that jinx to break. And with this, we draw curtains on the episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and for sharing some Thank lovely you. insights. Thank you for inviting. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank you all for ardently supporting my blog and this podcast. We're growing each episode strength to strength. It really gives me the strength and zeal to keep working and delivering quality content to you all. A heartfelt thank you. Do check out at the rate never in the back foot on Instagram and at the rate never in the back one on Twitter for the latest facts, trivia, quizzes, terminology and a lot more. The podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast and a lot of other platforms. So please do spread the word. Also, feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions for the already published episodes and recommendations for future topics. Do share this episode widely and your support is really appreciated. See you next time, listeners. Cheers, stay safe and take care. Bye for now.